0: has been threadbare, I guess we could, we could say. And it's also these attacks kind of show as well that any moves towards a further round of peace talks will, will be very, very difficult. That was John Davison of Reuters a News Agency speaking to me from Beirut. Let's hear now from Diana Dark. She is a Middle East cultural expert and author of the book My House in Damascus, An Inside View of the Syrian Crisis.
1: Tartus is considered one of the safest places um, in Syria and to the extent that the regime has been investing huge amounts of money there. uh, House prices are higher than anywhere else in Syria. It's become extremely crowded. I mean, Incredible things like even the Tartus University has had new dentistry departments added to it. I mean, massive amounts of uh, investment pouring into this as uh, seen as the safest place. And so what are we to make then
0: if we accept that it is the so-called Islamic State who are responsible for this? Has has security fallen apart or how has this been possible?
1: Well, it will be a huge rock to, you know, shaking of confidence um, to the regime's ability to to keep its areas safe. Um, The timing is interesting, though, because, you know, coinciding with what's going on in Iraq with the Prime Minister Abadi announcing the, um, you know, the the battle for Fallujah beginning. And so it's quite common for... for ISIS to uh, to make attacks, you know, s- symbolic attacks in other areas to show that they're they're still alive and kicking. So so yes, it is uh, I mean, with, with the ceasefire thing though. You have to remember, of course, that ISIS has never been part of the ceasefire. So this is not really anything to do with that. Although of course, well, in a weird kind of way, of course, it actually helps the Syrian opposition because for the first time, one of the very few times, they're actually targeting Assad. Uh, and and what about the response or the potential response from Moscow? Because- because
0: clearly, militarily, things have shifted since Russia's involvement from the air.
1: Yes, it's interesting to see how Russian television is actually reporting it. They're seeing it very much as a strike on their two bases. I mean, because the naval base is, of course, in Tartus and their main air base. Um, they've taken over what was Basil al-Assad International Airport, which is near Jabli and very, very close to Kardaha, which is which is the uh, the, the place where the Assads are from, where Hafez al-Assad is buried and where Basil al-Assad is buried. So they're seeing it very much as a sort of sign against Russia because, of course, all their military equipment is poured in through Tartus to to um, you know to strengthen um, Assad's army.
0: And what do you, I mean, it, this is moving slightly into the realm of speculation, but what do you think could happen next, given that this is clearly going to be a major
1: psychological shock for, for the uh, Assad regime? Well I think the first uh, thing is that many people currently living in those areas who've who've been under the illusion that they're safe may think again and may start to make plans for leaving so they may add yet more to the Syrian exodus although quite where they go I Miktatus mean, is actually very close to the Lebanese border but of course Lebanon is already struggling with one in 4 of its uh, population being Syrian refugees
0: That was uh, Middle East cultural expert Diana Dark. Uh, She's written a book called My House in Damascus, An Inside View of the Syrian Crisis. Now, the punishing war with Vietnam and humiliating defeat for the United States more than 40 years ago makes President Obama's announcement during his visit to Hanoi that Washington will lift the arms embargo a significant step. Mr. Obama said the end of the long-standing ban removes a lingering vestige of the Cold War, although future arms sales will still need to meet the U.S. government's strict requirements. I can also announce that The United States is fully lifting the ban on the sale of military equipment to Vietnam that has been in place for some 50 years. As with all our defense partners, sales will need to still meet strict requirements, including those related to human rights. But this change will ensure that Vietnam has access to the equipment it needs to defend itself well, let's hear from the president of Vietnam, Tran Dai Quang. He welcomed the lifting of the ban, saying the two countries should find ways to reach agreement on matters of mutual concern.
1: There are certain differences between the United States and Vietnam. It is understandable. Those differences include views on human rights. I think that the two countries should expand dialogue based on the spirit of mutual trust and understanding to close the gap on shared issues, including human rights.
0: The words of the President of Vietnam, Tran Dai Quang. Edward